G'day everyone, it's James Davis from the Pax8 Academy again, and this time around I've got Tim and Andrew from Sherpa Tech. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Great to be here again. Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. It's something that not a lot of people are talking about in the MSP space openly, and it's all about insurance. And I've got you guys on because you can turn such a dry topic into <laughs> something that's enjoyable and practical for people to take away. And I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and we're going to dive in quickly. And I, you work with a lot of MSPs and when they come to you, are they often covered like they should be? Or do you see glaring gaps in their, their own coverage, let alone their clients? You can take that one, Andy. Okay, I'll, I'll grab it. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I tell you, James, we've learnt a lot through our insurance health checks, um, and one of the first areas that that we we look look into is looking at the business activities that are in the proposal. So, and the proposal forms an integral part of the insurance contract. So, looking at the the proposal and 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 then comparing it with the insurance that's already in place and we see a lot of gaps and what what that what that flows through to in the case of a claim it gives the insurer an opportunity to walk away so so uh, um, you know uh, as tim and i know well we spend a lot of time just cleaning up those gaps and often uh, the 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 msp will say hey we do uh, on the website we do a whole lot of say security type type um, work, MSSP type work, but there's no mention of it in the proposal. And therefore the insurer, in the case of a claim, can use that and say, hey, you haven't been honest with, with us. Um, and and that, that, that mutual honesty is so critical in insurance. You know, you're mm -hmm. honest about your risks that you're, you're undertaking and the insurer's honest about the coverage that they'll provide in the case of a claim. Good. That's really interesting. Um, just that whole website advertising and then what, what you're actually showing to the insurance provider. I'm not sure a whole lot of MSPs would know that's a thing and something that they should be thinking about. They... Yeah, yeah, they 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 certainly should. Um, and you know, it, it's uh, most of the MSPs want to grow their business, right? And so they promise the world on the website, but they don't necessarily do it. You know, a lot of the cases, a lot of the times, um, we have discussions. Tim and I will have the discussion, and they'll say, "Oh, well, it's on our website." However, actually, we don't do it. Well, <laughs> so um, which is a concern in itself, but. Uh, it's, it's just something that, um, you know, you've just got to be straight up about the risks you're undertaking and the activities you, you're mm. undertaking as an MSP. And so from there, what are, what are the typical um, areas of coverage that they haven't, um, haven't sort of thought about and are typically the most glaring gaps? I know this is a piece of string thinking you guys are very used to detail yeah. but we, we get a lot of it from the changing nature of the services that msps offer so what we typically find is it was probably two three years ago their proposal was accurate but as services have gone more to the cloud um, cloud now has a wider definition um, insurers actually offer different types of definitions around different types of cloud, value-added reseller, um, you know, just license reselling, cloud hosting, whereas a couple of years ago, Jewel, for one of the underwriters, only just had cloud as one big category, um, you know, and there's a thousand different things we could fit in there. 
Um, so, you know, as they update their metrics for how they measure things, it's important that we bubble that to the surface as well. Yeah, and a lot of MSPs, just to, to add on that, a lot of MSPs provide um, re host reseller services. You know, they sell their, their, their Microsoft stack um, or, or um, Sophos stack. And, and um, a lot of those resellers are, are, are host activities, but the MSP is just acting as a, as a, as a, as a reseller of those, those activities. So they need to be correctly identified in the proposal so that the, the underwriter understands. Sometimes the underwriters don't understand. Um, and that's where probably you need your broker to help that articulation to, to make sure that it's, it's all buttoned up. And it's certainly something that we do at Sherpa Tech. I haven't heard, you know, in talking to a lot of MSPs around the around the region, a lot of MSPs aren't talking about when they're doing their insurance renewals that they're going to this sort of depth. It, it seems to be a more of a tick and flick exercise of it's coming up to renewal. What's the best price we can do? Move on. Um, why why do you think that is? Why do you, why do you think insurance is treated that way? Well, we're all time poor, and it and it, and it comes at you know comes around once a year. It's usually forgotten about. Um, you know, it's usually a um, the broker might wait until the last couple of weeks because he's busy, and the MSP doesn't want to fill out the forms because they're busy. Um, and so, what we find is to try and go to the market a bit earlier. You know, start eight weeks out, get all the documentation in early, and then that gives us the right amount of time to remarket risks. So, you know, and what we're finding at the moment is now with restrict restricted cover so underwriters are dropping the amount of coverage they're providing um, you know you might need 10 million dollars professional indemnity but you know an underwriter like a chub is only offering five so we have to follow that to build up the stack to be able to enable you to be able to do the government contracts that you, you might have already contracted that you need the insurance for um, so you know it's it's sometimes you know it's, it's a time issue um, and it's also assessing the right right risks in the right frameworks as well um, so, yeah, um, but you know, the earlier we go and the more information we get, um, the easier it is for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. And, and okay, don't mean to plug what we do, but a little bit, but, um, <laughs> what, what we try and do is capture the information on, on our portal so that, uh, one, um, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's much easier to do, but, but two, when the renewal happens the following year, that information is already captured and, and, and you just have to do the adjustments rather than you know, streaming through, through pages and pages of, of written documents, uh, PDFs, yeah. etc. Uh, just to, to, to make life easier for, for the customers. It's, it's mm. really important. Well, we've, you, going back a, a few steps where you mentioned, you know, if we're not providing the right information to the, the insurers and they could, they could step back and not, not, um, not cover a claim, are you seeing that happening more and more from your experience or is it still something on the horizon that's going to come? Yeah, we're seeing it much more in the cyberspace. Um, the, the, the professional indemnity... Uh, you know, prob probably less, but the cyberspace, ab absolutely, absolutely. So the, the losses have been so significant um, in the last couple of years. So the loss ratio for cyber globally last year was 120%. So for $100 of premium, there was $120 of, 
of claims paid out. And that's not even covered the admin cost for the insurer and, and, and uh, all the other bits and pieces that go along with it. Um, and so the, those cyber insurers are, are actually bleeding. Um, and so what they've done, as, as mentioned earlier, that what they've done is reduced the cover, reduced the cover and increased premium. Um, and a lot of a lot of insurers have actually walked away from the space because they've been so burnt. Um, and so, any any reason for I shouldn't say any reason that's a bit tough on the insurers, <laughs> but um, but you know you don't want to leave the door open for them to say oh well you you misinformed us therefore we're not going to pay. Uh, and it's really critical, and we spend a lot of time talking to our customers about that very thing. Hey, just don't leave any gates open. Okay. And, and what are you seeing as they're, you know, changing, changing how they're insuring? What are the sort of requirements that are starting to line up for um, MSPs to be insured in the first place, and then actually get proper coverage? Yeah, well, it's a bit, you know, um, something that we. We've been talking about a lot, and and maybe Tim, you're better better position to talk about this about you know buying a COC versus getting getting uh, yeah. getting getting solid robust cover and using insurance as a risk mitigator. Yeah, well, I mean, we definitely see it with some of the the more mature MSPs. They understand why they hold insurance, and so they put a lot more time into their programs to ensure they have the right business activities, they understand their exclusions, they understand any endorsements on the policy. Um, whereas some of the, um, the more growing MSPs, um, we find they'll just buy a COC because they've finally got to a stage where one of their customers asks them to hold professional indemnity, so they take it out. And it's a little bit of a journey as you go through those growth levels as an MSP, where you have to realize, my clients are asking me to hold this for a reason, um, and that's where you want to make sure that it will respond and it will um, pay out if it needs to be called on. And, you know, once you're paying money for it, you might as well make sure it's going to respond and it doesn't take that much more effort. Um, so, you know, we really try to help MSPs understand what the insurance is there to cover as well. Um, I know when I had my own business and I was growing, um, I fully didn't understand why I was holding those insurances. So it was only as we you know, went through different stages of growth that then you start to actually unpack how the risk mitigators work. And you know, if you need to call on it, you definitely want it to respond. Absolutely. So, and, yeah. and, you know, uh, on the other extreme, we have people that, that call us and go, oh, I've just got a contract with New South Wales government and what they mm. need 10 mil PI, 20 mil PL. Uh, I just want the cheapest insurance. I just want the certificate to, to get us over the line for that contract. Mm. So that's that's the customer that we don't necessarily we, we, we cringe with because they're not yeah, they're buying the COC just to get get that contract over the line whereas mm. you know it needs it it needs more understanding it you know you're buying it for a reason you're buying it because it's there to respond uh, in the case mm. of a claim so uh, um, and, and you know that's what why we spend the time um, with the customers to help them unpack uh, mm. their risk profiles to find the right insurer and um, and get them set up and and have the insurance piece as a proper mitigation in, a, in addition to the people process and technology, that first layer of defense. Mm. I'm seeing some similarities with how MSPs um, talk about how they operate with, with their clients about educating the clients on how 
you know, something like a backup works. Mm. And we don't need a backup until something goes wrong. It's similar to insurance, isn't it? Mm. But we talk about our clients and when they don't engage in that education process that they're not, they're not really the right fit. But it's interesting that a lot of MSPs don't quite engage in the insurance process that mm. way. And you guys have worked with a lot of different people now. I, I'm curious from your perspective, why do you think that is? Why do you think people don't engage in a more partnership level and trying to understand what they need to re reduce their risks? I think it comes down to a lot of people, they don't know what they don't know. So if you've never had an insurance claim or been through that process, you probably don't appreciate it. And a lot of people I've heard say, oh, well, I put this down and the insurer never had a problem with it. And that's because they haven't had the claim. So one of the things we do in our sales process is actually almost treat the insurance application like it's a claim. So we test it as it goes through. Um, Andrew and I have a lot of sort of hypothetical conversations about, you know, how would this work or what would happen here? And there's a lot of gray, like yeah. it's not black yeah. and white. So we have to then say, for our the best of our knowledge, this is what we think would happen. Mm. Um, and then you can, you know, actually properly mitigate those risks with a, um, an eyes wide open approach. Um, but it's not until you have a client that wants to go on that journey with you um, that you can actually really do that properly because it has to be participative. Um, we can't do the work for them. We can't um, assess all of their frameworks or tell them what to do. We have to work, we give advice, um, you know, but it's up to the business owner to ultimately drive that um, improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, it's, it's kind of related, but there's so much pressure on MSPs from their customer base to, to make sure that they're protected. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's increasing exponentially because of mm. the complexity of the, of the, of the tech world. Um, there's new products coming in, coming out every week. There's, there's new innovation kicking in all the time. It's so fast moving. And mm. certainly the insurance industry is, is behind the eight ball. Um, and 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 there's there's so much pressure by the customers to say if they have a problem the first port of call will be their msp and if the msp is is at, at all responsible then you know that they need to they need to be protected and they need to know what their responsibility is mm. um the other thing we we we're seeing not enough of is making sure that the msp is very clear about what they're responsible for and then what the customer is responsible for um and um I'll, I'll i might talk a little bit about the privacy act the new privacy act changes that are flowing through in the coming months so the the, the privacy act um uh privacy act 1988 um has been there for some time they've got the data breach um uh, component of that uh at the moment the fines are are um, maxed out at two million dollars uh, and and what's what's being planned is 116 new recommendations that are going to flow through um, into into legislation. Um, and part of uh, and, and the reason for the for the for the recommendations is really to get Australia, who's been behind the eight ball, at, at the same level as GDPR in the in Europe and and also the US, the the different state legislations that are there. It's to bring us up to that level. Uh, and, um, you know, for example, the fine piece, 2 million currently, it's going to move to 50 million. Mm. And, and that is going to have a huge pressure impact on the MSPs because guess what? 
their customers are going to be looking to the MSP to to help shoulder some of the costs in the case of a data breach. Hmm. Um, so it's a really it's a it's something that um, MSPs really need to be be aware of, and 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 it's a reason to really get sharp about the scope of what their work and their customers' work. That. I think that's only going to be a good thing, but I think what scares me is there's still a lot of MSPs running around advising their clients not to get cyber insurance, as an example, because the MSP does all this stuff. And I just saw both of you cringe <laughs> hard on that. Like when we're, when we're talking about the client side, what, what should an MSP actually be pushing the clients to have in terms of insurance to protect mm. the client and protect the MSP at the same time. See, we see that if an MSP advises their client to actually hold cyber insurance, it's actually a protection for the MSP because under their professional indemnity advice, um, they're then covering themselves because they've encouraged the MSP to hold risk mitigators there over and above the activities the MSP is providing. Um, So, and there's so many services within a cyber policy that actually are outside of the MSP's scope. So the IT mm. consultancy side is only a very small component of it um, when it comes to the, the GRC, fines and penalties, communications. Um, there's a number of areas that the cyber policy does outside of that. And we also sort of try to educate MSPs to put it up front to actually tell their clients to communicate with their insurers in the way the insurer requires different insurers require different um, frameworks depending on the policy so the msp uh, is well within their right to sort of ask their clients of well in your your incident response plan how do we contribute to that and how does the insurer contribute to that you know if somebody has a data breach on the weekend who's the first point of call you know how does that that um, workflow work and and by them doing that up front that perfect that protects their professional indemnity, because then they've done that advice proactively. Mm. And you know, just to, just to sort of add add on that, you know, the first port of call needs to be the insurer. So if the customer has a data has a cyber incident, they need to call their insurer, uh, assuming mm. they have a cyber policy. Um, and the insurer will come running, and the insurer comes running because they're trying to reduce their exposure. So, and they have 24-7 response teams that want to jump in. And yes, it's some, some of the work could be done by the MSP, but not all. They, couldn't, they probably can't do the communications piece, going out to all the stakeholders impacted. They probably can't deal with the regulator. They can't, probably can't negotiate the fines and penalties with the regulator. And these mm-hmm. are all things that are embedded in, in a good cyber insurance policy that the customer should be holding. And uh, so, you know, uh, uh, we reinforce that. Yeah, Yeah. I suppose that point, Andy, it's all about the cyber policies are all about first party predominantly. So they're all about protecting Mm. the person who holds them. So the client holds their own cyber policy and then the the MSP holds their own cyber policy to protect themselves in that first party case. Some good policies include third party cover. But that's only third-party defence costs. It's not third-party response costs. Um, and those sort of nuances are some of the things that it really helps to, to understand a little bit better. 
And, you know, as night follows day, if the customer doesn't have cyber policy and has been hit by fines or penalties, even the current regime of $2 million, um, plus the cleanup, plus the business interruption, loss of customers, um, they, they, they will, it would make sense for them to go after and make claims against the MSP. Hmm. So, so if the MSP, the wise thing is to do, tell your customers, you need cyber insurance. You need to you need to get in place. And this is a bit of a put you guys on the spot. And I know it's you know it's not not black and white like everything in the insurance world that you keep reinforcing. <laughs> but to, to me, as I was hearing that, if I was an MSP owner, I'd almost not uh, I'd almost have cyber cyber incidents not covered under my typical MSA because if I'm not if I'm not putting in the right protections. And I'm having to carry it. Sounds actually like the cyber insurance will pay for the the cleanup and response, rather than me wearing it as a gross margin thing that eats into my into my own business. Have I understood that correctly, or am I? So so sorry. Just to, just uh, so so we've got this clear, James. So what are you saying in your in your customer agreement in, in your MSA? You 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 exclude cyber incidents, you know, in terms of scope of work, right? Okay. Okay. So if I was a customer, would I, would I be accepting of that? Depends what they're I'm, engaging sorry, on the contract. <laughs> yeah. It, it depends what you. you're, um, con- you're actually providing, aren't you? So this yeah. is the problem with... So we, we saw this, um, James, with a recent um, cyber incident that was actually um, going through the courts at the moment, and they throw out unfair contract terms. Yes. So yeah. an MSP can't contractually exclude himself from certain liabilities. Um, but, you know, you could... I think you could reasonably put in their rates for response or, you know, but there's also many areas of the tech stack that quite often the MSP doesn't take ownership for, but they might have to be a contributor if there is a, uh, a cyber incident. But the point you're raising is to actually deal with these things before they happen, mm-hmm. you know, to put mechanisms into the contract that say, in the event, we have considered this. And, and that's all, they're all professional indemnity protections because it shows that you've considered them before Um, and we're now seeing underwriters want copies of those contracts because that gives them better understanding of how their MSP approaches risks so they choose whether they do or don't want them. Um, So in some instances if an MSP of a certain maturity doesn't operate under their own contracts the underwriters get very nervous. Mm -mm. Yeah James you know you raise it you know you're Mm. being you're challenging it which is which is which is Mm. great. Uh, uh, but uh, at, at the end of the day, even the contract won't stop a customer making a claim against their MSP. It mm. won't stop them. Um, and you know, Tim mentioned the Unfair Contracts Act uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a prominent one, and we see that, that rearing its head. Uh, by, because... by the way, we're not, we're not lawyers. No. <laughs> 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 Thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, so, so the, you know, when, when, when often when MSPs get very sharp with their contracts and say, okay, we're, we're, if you make a claim against us, it's limited to these amounts, mm. you know, that, that can get thrown out by the courts. Um, so, so you've just got to be, be careful. Um, I, I think, you know, back to the point where it won't stop your, your customer from making a claim against you. 
you've still got to defend that claim. You've got to pay lawyers. You've got to fight it, even if the, if the claim is vexatious, you know, a, a BS claim. You've still got to fight it. It might cost mm. you 50 grand to, to fight that claim. Um, and again, this is where your professional indemnity insurance in this case comes in. Uh, so critical, so critical, because that's the, probably the most important insurance or the, the highest risk area for an MSP is, is around advice and that, that mitigation, insurance mitigation is, is professional indemnity, yeah. I think what you guys said very well, because I know I, know I threw a hand grenade in <laughs> the That's the way it should be. <laughs> but the, what 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 you're really talking about is us you know msps we always talk about our clients need to take on our advice and we know technology it's actually msps need to get better at getting these different areas of advice for our own business um because the like what you guys have mentioned several times the technology space has changed dramatically in the, the especially in the insurance um space but you need to be having someone that can actually keep up with this and, and provide you the, the right level of advice, not just the tick and flick exercise that we that we treat it as. Oh, and without think... doubt. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of MSPs completing the cyber proposals for their customers, for example. And we're going, no, <laughs> hang on. Um, do you know that brings you into providing advice around the insurance component for your customer. So mm. it, it's, it brings additional exposure. Mm. Um, so we're, we're saying, hey, be really careful about this. Um, mm. you know, if you want to seek legal advice, do so. Um, but um, you're, really, you're really completing work that, mm. that the customer needs to do. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's I mean, a, One of the things you're saying there, James, is, is what we try to help people with with our free insurance health check. And, and the best time to do that is not when you're trying to ins uh, renew your insurance. It's actually better to do it, you know, in the middle of the year or out of cycle, because um, then you get the right runway to have a plan to actually execute on it. Mm. Um, and if there's glaring holes, you know, we fix them when we find them. Um, but quite often then we, we, we have a bunch of recommendations that will say at the next renewal, now let's um, undertake, you know, some of these recommendations. And ultimately it's a customer's decision. They don't have to take all our advice. Uh, they still get to, you know, choose levels of cover, and you know, we uh, we actually can't steer people in that direction as well. There's certain things we can and can't do as brokers. Um, so, but you know, one of the big things we can do is, you know, really help them understand the complexities of their own insurances. So, and you beat me to the punch, Andy. With um, I was going to ask the next. Oh, right. Okay. It's going to be around that, uh, around that filling out the insurance forms for their clients. Yeah, the proposals. Yeah. It's and it's super dangerous, like what you just said. So yeah, yeah, and you know, you've often there'll be there'll be questions that the MSP will need to answer. You know, how many records do we hold? How, you know, what's um, what's a, you know our DR policy? What you know, what what are the activities that the MSP do on mm. around the DR? There might be a bunch of things that need to be done, but but the MSPs just need to be careful about how they share, you know, they, they, they provide that information. It mm. needs to be the customer completing the proposal because that's an integral part of mm. the insurance contract. Uh, so um, yeah, it's a real, it's, um, it's really important just to, to be considered here. So we spoke a bit about cyber security for our clients, uh, and cyber security insurance for our clients and, and that. One of the things that I, I've seen a lot more is 
the ignorance around cybersecurity insurance, mm-hmm. MSPs. It, you know, let's let's forget the ones that are re- recommending don't have it because we've got you covered. And we've said why that's <laughs> a silly idea. So the ones that have said, yep, we need you to have cybersecurity as a, as a default. I'm seeing them running into troubles because, say, something like an invoicing spoof where the client gets right. an invoice and then they go yeah. and pay it. Is that yeah. sort of thing covered under cyber cybersecurity insurance? Tim, do you want to jump or should I jump? Yeah, so um, it's it's interesting. As they get as the insurers or underwriters get bigger claims from different sort of sections, they start to limit or ring fence them. And the, the email spoofing or the, the paying money away is now classified as social engineering or theft. Um, and so it's quite an ex- it's quite common. Uh, it's quite expensive to insure for. And so most policies will have a sublimit around it. So, you know, we typically see people holding 50 or 100 grand sublimited, you know, cover there because it doesn't wipe out large amounts of funds, you know, in, 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 re- in relation to other areas of the business because you'll pick it up once those first payroll cycles happen. Um, but, you know, having cover for it, you know, is available. It is important to hold as well. Um, and now there's minimum requirements on that as well. You know, you need to have, you know, checks and balances in place that, you know, you can't change bank details without a phone call and all those other risk mitigators in there as well. But, you know, we've seen some quite large ones mm. happen recently with mm. you know, companies that did have a verification policy on WhatsApp and, you know, they were hacked or other areas. So um, mm, It's a really concerning space, that social engineering piece it's a it's a real concern and uh in another part of our, our business we had one where they had a a water company um the 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 hacker hacked the water company and the end our end client um had a had a had a debt with this water company the debt was about two hundred thousand. the hackers sent the new invoice with new banking details mm-hmm. to our customer and said, "Hey, we've changed our bank details. Please pay it away." And you know, and the money was paid. Two hundred grand was paid away. Bang, gone. So um, never to be seen again. Bounced offshore within 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 uh, within a day. Mm. Uh, never to be seen again. So it's a, it's a real concern. But on the insurance side, interestingly enough, um, you know, cyber is a very immature insurance type. Cyber insurance is a very mm. immature insurance type we, we we call it you know a pimply teenager uh unlike unlike you know professional indemnity or pub, or liability which has been around for hundreds of years and and there's mm-hmm. lots of precedent and lots of lots of case law around it um and 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 so this is very new insurance 15 years old um and there's, so there's lots and lots of variation between insurers and a lot of insurers won't even cover social engineering or crime they just won't mm. even touch it um and if they do it'll be you know as as, as you mentioned it'll be very very sub uh, sublimited to a very small amount um mm. because these are big exposures for for insurers so i i'm taking just taking it away that insurance is a very complicated world and it's not super black and white and that we that especially the way that we're going with it the MSP space and cybersecurity is becoming more and more entrenched in what mm. we do, that getting the right people around us to provide the advice more frequently sounds like a clever idea. We, we could talk about this for a, 
a long time and uh, you know you guys get super passionate about this stuff i'm not sure how many people are that passionate about insurance so well done um weird right <laughs> so someone's got to have the passion don't they and so we love the business. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we love the business, and and we lo- we like helping customers. And and people, this there is complexity. There's a lot of complexity. It's not going away, and and you need you need your insurance advisor to to ask. You know, you need to ask them good questions, and they need to be asking you good questions mm. to make sure that you're protected properly. So mm. you know, ask ask them about what your cover, you know, your cyber cover covers you for. Mm. Um, ask them what the sublimits are. Ask them what the exclusions are. Ask them what the endorsements are. These are critical questions for mm. you to get knowledgeable. Also, if you're not sure about something on your proposal forms, you know, screen screen grab it, send it through, ask the question. Um, you know, we do a lot of that backwardsing and forwardsing. Mm. Um, you know, we hear of other people saying, "Oh, my broker didn't understand." what on-prem or cloud was. And, and yeah. if that's the case, you need someone that actually understands what you're trying to ensure, um, you know? So that's that's where we play a different role. Mm. I think those are some great next next action mm. steps. And I'd reiterate, going back to what we know, it's, a, it's mm. like backups. Yep. It's not just set and forget type of stuff. It's not about getting the cheapest because when we need it, we really need it. So mm. I think that if I was to leave a, a summary of all of this com- great conversation is should actually be a lot more proactive about this. And it's us as owners to get engaged with our advisors mm. um, because maybe your current advisors don't know the, you've outgrown them and you need you need to mature to someone else. Or maybe they're there and they've tried to reach out in these sort of terms before and then you've just sort of shunted it away mm-hmm. so i think that's a that's an excellent next step yeah well you know you, you know you, the msp customers they go to the msp because they're the the experts they're the experts they're going to keep the lights on they can keep them ahead of the game keep them protected um and you know your insurance advisor is 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 exactly the same you need a specialist to help you navigate through the complexity and stay up to date with what changes are, are, are coming forward. So um, it's just another specialist that you need uh, mm. to have in place. Mm. Well, on that note, do you guys have any other takeaways or golden nuggets that you want people that have been listening today to walk away and practically practically do that will help them? So, so one of the things we've been talking to everybody about is how security services affect insurance proposals and it's kind of a big glaring one the next one that will follow that will be ai you know because everyone's all talking about it but the insurers currently in their framework exclude a lot of ai and we now all instinctively use ai in you know many of our little cheats and hacks for different things we do um but you know as that becomes more commonplace you know we're gonna have to be honest about it um and the insurers want to know and we'll have to help the insurers understand how the msps use that ai um, so I think that'll be the next, the next little hurdle for us in the next six months, but, um, we'll, we'll get there and we'll find a way. <laughs> I agree. That's, that's next frontier. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I suppose the other thing, we're very open to have health checks with, with MSPs. This is, mm. this is our, our, our bread and butter, um, mm. to help them understand, um, and unpack their risks and, and compare it mm. to their insurance. Uh, so we're, we're very, very happy to help, help in that area. Mm. Mm. 
Thank you so much, guys, for jumping on and uh, making insurance exciting and impactful <laughs> for, for our partners. Um, no doubt we'll have you again on in the future. So thanks so much for your, for your time today. Thank Excellent. you, James. Thanks, James. Okay. Appreciate All it. the best. Cheers. Bye.